strong enough to take it. We've got a special guest in the house today. She's sitting right here on the front row. Um, she had, we have known this special lady for many, many years. Her and her husband and all of their family hold a special place in our heart. And so I don't want to put her on the spot. But can you guys help me show some love and appreciation for Miss Melta Briggs right here on the front row? Just so you know why she is so special to us, her and her husband have been very, very close friends with our founding pastors here, Bishops Tony and Kathy Miller. They were very, very close for many, many years. And when our house and when our family was in a dire time of need, uh, these people right here stepped into the gap and they helped to carry the burden uh, they walked with the family and with this congregation behind the scenes in a very, very significant way. And so uh, they're royalty in this house as far as I'm concerned because a lot of people tell you that they love you, but then you can't get them on the phone. Uh, but these people right here, they walked with us through, through lots of questions and difficulty, and they kept telling us God is faithful. He's going to do it. And so they're of the highest caliber. So it's such a great privilege and honor to be able to host uh, Miss Melta today. You just let uh, you just let Papa Bear know that we love him too, all the way up there in Denver. Which I'm thinking that's probably where he's at. It's in Colorado this morning. So if you've got your Bibles with you today, uh, I know what time it is. I'm going to give you my best that we will not drag our feet more than we need to today. However, I do. Uh, I feel called and I feel impressed upon to launch us out into the next chapter of a new sermon series so you know that for the past weeks we have discussed pyramids and people and so we've walked through much of the story of exodus and how god delivered his people from slavery in egypt and god is endeavoring to lead his people into his promise for them and so what we find in the story of exodus is the dynamic the struggle and the grappling of a people who their whole lives they have been slaves and they are learning what it means to be free. Because how many know that when you're a slave for Pharaoh, all he wants is a pyramid? I'm going to say that again. When you are a slave for Pharaoh, the whole purpose of your life is to build his pyramids. But when you are a son or a daughter of God, guess what you get? You get a promise. And so I come to tell the Gate Church today that from your very first breath, you were born free. You were not born free because you live in the United States of America because there's a constitution or a bill of rights. You were born free because God made men and women to live free. Freedom doesn't come from men, it comes from God. And here's what we must learn as a free people who we are by choice, sons and daughters of God, is that you and I, we have a promise over our life. A promise that God will keep no matter what. A promise that God is endeavoring to lead us into no matter what. Even when you don't feel like it, even when you fail, you still have a promise over your life. Look at your neighbor and real nice like, but firmly point your finger in their face and say, you have a promise over your life. So I want to read to you a passage of scripture today as we launch out into promises and people. This starts in Numbers chapter 13. 
Moses is still alive. God has brought the people of Israel to the border of Sinai and Israel, what we now know today as Israel. They're at a place called Kadesh or Kadesh Barnea. And so they're on the wilderness side of the border. And so they're preparing for what they hope will be a military campaign to occupy the land that God has promised. So we've got quite a bit of portion of scripture here, but for the sake of time, I'm going to skip and jump a little bit. But you just hang with me and we're going to walk through the narrative. So starting in Numbers chapter 13, it says this, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. So in case you don't know, Canaan is the name of the land that God has been promising to his people from day one. Okay, So that's what they're talking about when they say Canaan. And then God says this, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Look at your neighbor and say, giving. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one of them, a leader among them. So now we're going to skip over some details here. But each man who makes up this uh, reconnaissance unit each name of the man is given and so there's 12 men who went over one man from each tribe there are 12 tribes and so God or Moses gives the men specific instructions on how they are to infiltrate the land and how that which way they are to go to enter from the south and to sneak up into the mountains and so how you know that long before Rambo sharpened his knife and packed his quiver Long before recon became cool, the Israelites were doing it back when it was not too glamorous. And so these men pull off a successful offset infiltration. They hike over land through the mountains to spy out the land. And so they see all the different portions of the land. And not only this, not only do they lay eyes on the promised land... But they sneak down into a vineyard. I'm romanticizing it a bit. But they sneak down into someone's vineyard in the middle of the night. Okay, some of the guys pull security and they sneak in real quick. And and they saw off what? Grapes. Grapes the size of basketballs is how I like to think about it. And Because it's so big that what? They have a cluster of grapes and they have to carry it on a pole between two of the men. How many of you have been mad when you got selected to carry the pole? You ever think about that? Like, everybody else just has, like, their recon gear, which is, like, lightweight, you know, maybe a knife or something. But then it's like, oh, we need you to carry the grapes. Okay, any of my veterans in the room know what I'm talking about. It's not fun when you're the one that has to carry the heavy stuff. So they were gone on recon for 40 days. They sneak back to Kadesh, Bar- Kadesh Barnea. They meet back up with the people of Israel, and they begin to give their report So they come back to Moses and Aaron, and this is what is said. These are the spies talking. We went to the land, Moses, where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey. Don't you know that God don't work in secrets? He always tells you up front what the blessing's going to be. God doesn't operate in deception or half-truth. He tells you who he is, who you are, and what he's up to from the very beginning. He lets you know what he's doing. So when God says a thing is going to be milk and honey, you can bet your bottom dollar that when you get there, it'll be milk and honey. You might look around and say, this this doesn't seem like milk and honey. That means you ain't there yet. Because when God says a thing, that's the way it'll be. 
it is what you said. It is milk and honey. Aha. But nevertheless, verse 28, the people who dwell in that land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. So that means they're giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. We've already fought a couple of battles with them. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, they all dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. My Lord, I love this so much it makes my toes tingle. So what did they say? It's everything God said it was. But there's giants. And they're ready. It won't be easy. But God bless Caleb. He quieted the people before Moses. And this is what he said. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we be well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against those people, for they're stronger than us. And so those men gave a bad report to the children of Israel. And they said that the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. They're like giants. They're from the descendants of Anak. And we were like, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight too. So the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept all night. The children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and said, if we had only died in the land of Egypt. My goodness. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we open our hearts to your word. That's a good place for you to say that. Lord, I open my heart to your word. Lord, we invite you to speak to us, to call us, and to challenge us today. Because, Lord, we don't want to be a generation that dies in the wilderness. We want to be a people that we live in the promise that you have given us. Lord, I ask that you anoint me to preach. Help me to be quick and accurate. Lord, I put my trust in you and in your word that it will do what it has always done. And that it will change the lives of men and women forever. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Sarah. So here's just a few things that I want to say to you. I promise you, we're just going to go for it. So if you're ready, you can give me a shout of amen or just give me a wave, and then I'm going to hit you with both barrels. Here we go. So here's something you need to know. We as a people, we as humans, we are bad at estimating difficulty. Movie trailers work on us. Why? Because we want to show you for 15 seconds everything that is good about a movie. But what we don't want to do is tell you what it's going to cost to drive your car down to the theater. We sure don't want to tell you how much the ticket costs until the absolute last second. We don't want to tell you that you're going to have to wait in line to get in. And we don't want to have to tell you that there's going to be popcorn all over the floor. And that the restrooms are going to be filthy. What do we tell you? We show you... Tom Cruise in a fighter jet with some rock and roll music, and we're like, this will change your life if you get in here to this theater. 
And what we don't do is we don't estimate all the things that we're going to have to do. And you go, oh, I would love to go see Tom fly a fighter jet because he does that so well, right? Top Gun was a cool movie, I think. And so you say, man, I want to go see that. But then what you've not estimated is what it's going to cost you to go see Tom fly that jet. Don't you know that sometimes God works that way because God, he's more than happy to tell you and to show you this is how amazing my promise for you is. I want to bring you to a land that flows with milk and honey because you are my special people. I have picked you above other people. I have saved you when you weren't worth saving. I called you when you didn't even know what that meant. And I have protected you and guided you. And you were slaves to Pharaoh but I love you on a whole different level and I want to make out of you a nation of kingdom, a kingdom of priests. And so God sets about the wheels of destiny. The forces of fate start to move when God says, I'm gonna bring them out of slavery and bring them into my promise. Here's what you need to know is that in the Old Testament, we have just a type, a picture, a shadow. It's an image. It's something something for us to look at to get a feeling of, are we doing this right? And so as we look back today, our promise as Jesus followers is not that we will go live in Israel and not that you will be a priest in the temple or not that you will sit on the throne in Jerusalem and wear a crown. Our promise today is that Jesus has gone ahead of us. He has already spied out a promised land for us. He has come back and told us God's kingdom and God's presence is like a land that flows with milk and honey where there is always more than enough in God's presence. And so he's not trying to get us into a land. He's trying to get a land on the inside of us us. The scripture says that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And so God's not trying to move you geographically. He's trying to get something on the inside of you so that no matter where you go, you know because of a promise that my master has given me that no matter where I go, he'll never forsake me. No matter what the doctor says, because he bore stripes, I am healed. No matter what mom and daddy did to me, no matter how they failed me, he was bruised for my iniquity and that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I'm blessed whether I'm coming in or going out. He makes a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over because he has given me a promise and he always keeps his Word. I need to remind somebody today, there's things that you're believing for, standing for. You have grown weary in the fight, but you hear me not as me correcting you or beating you down. But I want to say to some people today, don't you give up. Don't you give up because if God said it, he will do it. I got just a little bit of help. I'm going to say that one more time for some folk that you really need to hear it. If God said it, he will do it. And so not only do you have a promise over your life, but when we come together as a congregation, we have a promise over us. Because there's things that Jordan can do. 
Holly can do, Joey can do, Brandon can do. But there are things that we can do together that we can never do alone. And here's something that you need to understand. You can go on recon by yourself, but you can't occupy the land by yourself. I need the gate church to hear what I'm about to say. I believe that, and I said this is a term of endearment where I'm from, but I believe the old timers understood this. There are pieces of your promise that you can have by yourself. But there are other pieces of your promise that you will never have by yourself. There are some things that we, will, we can only experience or live in when we do it together. That is good, Jordan. So here's what that means. That means that you need that person beside you. That means I need you. You need me. Well, I don't like the way they look, the way they sound, or the kind of car they drive. What's that got to do with it? Last time we were together, we spoke about how that God don't let you pick who goes on the journey. He plants you with who you need to go on the journey with you. So if you pick somebody to go on the journey with you, if you pick someone to be your promised partner, <laughs> alliteration, if you pick that person, your, your decision about them will change when your whims and when your fancies change. But when God has planted you, one together, and the two shall become one. When he has planted you together, when he has planted us together in a holy congregation, that means that even when you make me mad, I don't get to quit. Even when you offend me, I still forgive you. It means I'm going to do my part even when you don't. It means that when you stumble in the mud, I'm going to bend down and pick you up because I can't go into the land by myself. Come on, you got to go with me. And so when we live in this dynamic, here is where we fall to the enemy. It's fear. Fear. I felt it appropriate that as we move right into the Halloween season to remind everyone that fear is not cause for celebration. Fear is evil and it is wicked and it is based on a lie. And if you let it, it will steal every part of your life from you. Fear is not something you trifle with or toy with or trouble with. Fear is something that you kill it in its cradle the second that you catch a whiff of it. So does anybody from the southeast know what kudzu is? Does anybody know what kudzu is? Kudzu is an alien species to North America that is tuberous. So that means its life and its root system is underground. And then it grows in vine form. And it grows so fast. And when it takes root, if someone doesn't deal with it, it will spread out over all the vegetation and kill, wind up killing everything. And so the only way to deal with kudzu is to rip it out by the stem. Don't you know that's how fear works? If you let it take root in your life, it'll start stealing and killing things that you, you didn't say, well, I didn't want it to go that far. That's why you got to kill it when you can still handle it so I want to talk to some people today about when it comes to living in your promise how are some ways that we can begin to deal with the fear that comes and so here's what happens these guys go on recon they get into the promised land it's everything that God said it's a land that flows with milk and honey but what did they find when they got there they got big cities with big walls which back then that was the epitome of military technology 
They got big cities and big walls, and the guys who live in there are giants. And so what did they say? In their sight and in ours, we were like grasshoppers. And so what, does it, what do you do to a grasshopper? You squash it. Okay, look at your neighbor. That's a word, squash. That's what's wrong. You've been trying to squish. You don't, you don't squish. You squash. So here's what happens when your heart is full of fear and you're standing on the edge of your promise. Here's what you start to realize. The movie trailer is true, but this is going to cost me more than I thought. Because we got to buy gas, we got to wait in line, we got to go get something to eat. It's going to cost me more than I thought. When you're standing on the precipice of promise and you look into that thing, you will instantly become aware of this reality. This is going to be harder than I thought. And so here is one of the things that fear will whisper into your ear. Look at how hard that's going to be. Maybe now's not the time. Maybe you need to back off and wait for the right time. Wisdom says to wait for the right time. Maybe God's not just, maybe He's just telling you no on this one. Maybe it's even better down the road. Do you hear how deceptive fear is? And then it'll just try to overwhelm you and go, if you go in there and try and fight them giants, you're going to die. You're going to die. You can't do it. And so when we grapple with these emotions, I want to remind you that feeling fear is not sinful. It's what you do with it as to whether or not it becomes sinful. And so here's something I need you to know. Is that even when you feel like God is telling you no, He is still saying yes to your promise. A few people caught the significance of what I just said. Let me try right over here, y'all. Give them a second to catch up. Even when God tells you no, He is still saying yes to your promise because the scripture says that his promises are yes and amen that means this that when it comes to his promise for you God don't ever tell you no even when you feel like he is he's still not telling you no he's saying go this way instead of that way go that way instead of this way go up instead of go down go down instead of go up even when I tell you no I'm still telling you yes I come here to tell somebody today you need to be reminded God is not telling you no if he told you to stay married stay married they didn't like that over there if God told you to start your business you start your business Maybe he's telling me to start over here instead of over there. That's great. Just because he told you no don't mean he's telling you no for the whole thing. He's still telling you yes to your promise. There's some people you're believing for promotion. You're believing for favor. And you say, I feel like I keep getting told no. If God told you yes, then yes means yes. And so when you meet some opposition and you meet some resistance and you go home and you start to feel a little quaky, a little nervy, I don't know if I can do this, you look back in the mirror and you tell yourself, the promises of God over my life are always yes and amen. I don't know about you, but there's been some times I'm glad God told me no. And anybody wave at me and testify a little bit? I'm glad that God told me no. Listen, when I was 17, I thought I'd met the one, y'all. I thought I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew she the one. Let me tell you, I am so glad. God bless that young lady, wherever she's at. But, oh, my God, I'm so glad he told me no. Because he had something better for me down the road. Don't you know that I'm glad he tells us no? 
now then. Second thing is that when it's harder than you thought, that means that there's more grace than you thought. I like that. That, If that didn't help anybody else, Miss Melta, that helped me. If it's harder than you thought it was going to be, that means there's more grace than you thought that there was going to be. So here's what we do as humans. We estimate about the future based on past experiences. But the scripture tells us that he's constantly moving us from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And so here's what that means. That means there's always more of God than what you have had in the past. And so if you want to understand what is God going to do in my future, you can't look, you can't always look back and go, well, it'll be the same as it was back then. Because he's going to do more and give you more in the future than what you have had in the past. And so when you start to live a life like that, here's what that looks like. He was faithful back here, right there where I needed to be. He gave me as much as I needed. He was faithful to me right here when it was a little bit more. He was faithful to me right here when it was a little bit more. Right here, it got really, really difficult. And I started to wonder, God, am I going to make it? But guess what? In the end, he came through and God was faithful. I come to tell some old timers today, you thought you've had all that there is to have. You thought you've tasted all there was to taste. You thought that you have seen all that there was to see. But I love you, my seniors. I love you, my veterans, but if you can hear the word from this 35-year-old dude, there is more to God because there's always more right around the corner. There's always more right around the bend. Just when you thought, I've seen every part of his goodness, guess what? There's more waiting for you around the corner. And I know so many of my, my veterans and my senior believers And here's what they would say to the rest of us who are still young in our faith. You sure can't quit now. You sure can't quit now because you think this is your hardest battle that you're fighting. Guess what? There's harder battles down the road. But for every measure of battle, for every measure of struggle, guess what? There is a much more sufficient measure of glory waiting for you around the corner. And so here's what I want to say to those of us that we find ourselves in the middle of life, in the middle of battle, in the middle of believing God. Let's trust and let's obey and let's be confident in knowing that for every struggle, there is a measure of grace to see us victorious. And I want to remind someone that the reason why the price is so high Just like those who went before us into their promised land, the reason why the price seems so high is because the reward is not just mine. I'm waiting on somebody to figure out what comes next. The reward of living in promise is not just mine. The reward of living in promise belongs to my children and my children's children and my children's 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 children's. How do I know that? Because our God is a generational God who he identifies himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Come on, somebody. Guess what? He says this. He says, I will visit because of justice. I'll visit the burden of iniquity to the third generation. But guess what else I'll do? I'll visit the blessings of righteousness to the thousandth generation. I need some mamas and daddies in this building today to get excited right here because what we are fighting for at 7,700, the measure of glory we want to live in, the measure of glory we want to encounter, it doesn't just belong to us. It belongs to our children and our children's children. If they are going to be children in this city, that they have an opportunity to know God, to experience God, to be blessed and to be healed, then it will require us to stand our ground, to trust in his word that if he said it, he will do it. Because the victory is not just ours, it belongs to the generations. That's why the price is so high. Some of you have wondered, why has it been so tough to get planted in church? Why does my life seem so hard? Why is it so hard to stick with my business? Why is it so hard to stick with my marriage? Because you're not just reaping rewards for yourself. You're reaping rewards for anyone who follows you. If I may, because I love you, I want to make it practical. I want to give you an example. My great-granddaddy on my dad's side was a man named Verlin. Verlin Lee Roberts. And I never got to know the man. He passed before I was born. He struggled with severe alcoholism, and uh, in, the, in the country, uh, sometimes we call them woodpile jumpers. That means he was an adulterous man, and so he had six different wives in his life. Some of you are wanting to explain what does woodpile jumper means. That means there's in between your houses, instead of a fence, there's a pile of firewood. And while that husband's away, you jump the woodpile and go visit his lady. You tracking with me? So he was not loyal or faithful in his marriage. And so my father grew up obviously in a very broken situation. But he and my mother, they fought the good fight of covenant. And to this day, my parents are married. And so here's all I've ever known. And I'm so blessed. And this is not a matter of comparison. It just is what it is. I've only known one father and one mother. I've known my parents in the house together. I've known that even when they scrap and scrabble, they work it out and they stay married. And so God used Greg to break the iniquity of divorce off of my life. And so Greg and Lisa would say, this was so hard. This was so hard. But they blessed Jordan with a picture of what it looks like to stay married. They blessed their grandchildren, Samuel and Sarah, with an image of this is what it looks like to stay married. And so listen, guys, being married is hard. I'm talking about those things on purpose today. It's not always easy for Holly and I, but we have to remind ourselves that what we're fighting for will reap rewards for generations. So if you're listening to me, Mommy and Daddy, don't you give up on each other. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. There's a way because you're going to reap the reward in your, children, your grandchildren. Now, last and final point. If Sarah will just come quickly. My last and final point. 
This won't take but just a second. So the first one is don't remember that even when God says no, he's still saying yes to your promise. Point number two, when it's harder than you thought, that means there's more grace than you thought. Last and final point, humility knows who. Humility knows who. And those men said what? We, we were like grasshoppers. We can't go in there and fight those big burly giants. What were they saying? We are not able. Guess what? You're right. But humility knows that it's God who causes me to stand. Humility knows that it's God who causes me to stand. It's God who keeps me. It's God who is my son and he is my shield. It's his name that is a strong tower that whoever runs into it will be saved. It is him who is my help that's coming over the hill to help me. It is God who fights for me. It is God who fights for you. It is God who's bringing the gay church into our promise. And so we don't fight alone under our own striving, our own wits, or our own power. It is God who is in amongst us and he is all around us that he fights for us because humility knows who is going to do the fighting don't you know there was a little shepherd boy with a leather strap and a bag of rocks and he looked at a giant who was a man of war spear, javelin, shield and sword, greaves and helmet but what did David understand? It's not just me out here by myself because all that giant has is a shield. If you hear what I'm saying to you, I'm helping somebody. All that giant's got is a shield. All he's got is a helmet. All he's got is a spear. All he has is a sword. But I've got God. But I've got God. And don't we love to sing? He ain't never lost a battle. I need to remind somebody today, it's not about how much money you got in your pocket. It's not about how fancy the degrees are hanging on your wall. When you've got the name of the Lord in your heart and you've got his name on your mouth, I'll put you up against the biggest giant in town any day of the week because Jesus has never seen a day where he trembled in his boots. And even when Satan rebelled against the throne, it did not tremble. He has always been and will always be victorious. When you're humble, you know who fights for you. With that in mind, stand on your feet with me. Thank you for being so patient today. I know we've had such a jam-packed, full day today. Here's all we want to do. I want to encourage you, don't forget to be here next week. I believe God has amazing things in store for us. I've got both barrels cocked and loaded for the next two or three parts of this sermon series. I promise you, you do not want to miss it. If you made it this far on the journey, don't, don't fall out of line now. With that being said, I just want to tell one quick thing. On your way out today, check out the new paint job on our Mac building. Some of you know, some of you didn't know, but we have been working really hard to refresh that part of our campus, and our team has worked so hard, they even got the preacher out there running a chainsaw. Don't you know if you get the preacher to work and you're doing something? So we were out there doing everything that we could because we're believing that God is bringing a refreshing a reunification, a rejuvenation. I believe that God is turning this campus into green pastures and still waters and that it's a place where people will be restored and refreshed. People will be able to... Re- Y'all can just keep clapping. It's okay. I'll keep talking. People can recreate. 
people can reconnect. I believe God's doing amazing things here on this campus. And so we had the opportunity to partner with people to see that thing refreshed. To my knowledge, it had the original paint job on it from all those years ago. At the time, this wasn't the case, but listen, y'all, it was Communist Russia yellow. Okay, that's the official color of the Communist Party. That's not why we repainted it. That's just a joke. But that yellow paint was war slap out. And guess what? We got a brand new paint job on the whole building. All the gutters and doors are being trimmed in. We've cleaned out trees and bushes and shrubs. There's still a few little things we're tweaking to finish out. But ride by and take a look at that thing. Uh, We're going to be finishing up in the next phase. We're going to be putting out some fresh signage and landscaping on Council Road so that when people drive by our campus headed north and south on campus, they'll get a good impression of us and I want to say thank you to everyone who partnered with us whether it's financially or whether you volunteered to help us clean or and do the work you all know who you are and we want to say a special thank you to you for helping us make the dream and the vision that is the gay church a reality <clears throat> this is the first phase and first step of many trust me we have big plans and we have big vision the same God who gave us the promise will help see it done. Now, I just want to pray for you today. Here's what I want to do. I just want you to receive. So close your eyes really quickly and just raise your hands like this. And I'm going to ask you to pray one thing with me. All you have to do is say this simple sentence, Lord, deliver me from fear. Lord, deliver us from fear. Deliver us from fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Lord, I pray over your people today. Lord, I bless them. I bless them. And I say that you are more than enough for them and that your promise over them will fulfill and satisfy their every desire in Jesus' name. And Lord, as their pastor... I pick up my staff today and I pull a Jesus and then when the wolves come, I'm not going to run. I stand in the gap for these people today and I say no to the plan of the enemy, the lies of the enemy, the whispering of the enemy that would try to use fear to paralyze God's people. I come against you in Jesus' name and I say you let them go that they are and will be everything that God has called them to be, that they will live in God's promise, in Jesus' name. Now, if you believe you're going to live in God's promise, just say amen and amen and amen. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise today? Am I missing anything? Don't forget game day. Bring your friends, bring your family. We're going to have an absolute blast. I love you. Holly loves you. The team loves you. Jesus loves you. Go and be blessed. Online Gate Church family, we're so happy. We're so thankful that you joined us today. You could have been in so many other places online and you chose to to do this journey with us. You know, we really want to encourage you um, to know God's no at this moment doesn't mean no for His promise. His promise still stands. Do you have those moments where fear grips your heart and you are discouraged? You think this is never going to happen. God spoke this over my life. This word was given to me. I read this in, in, in the Bible, but it's ne- it will never happen to me. We want to encourage you tonight. We want to encourage you this morning. Whatever the time is, 
where, in the place from where you're watching. God, his promise stands. We want to encourage you. We want to pray peace over you. Like Pastor Jordan said, God's people is not, does not need to be subdued to fear. So we come up against the spirit of fear. May God his peace fill your homes, your hearts, your minds, and that you may walk in the week ahead of you knowing God his promise still stands. We are looking forward to see you again next week. Reach out to us during the week, send us emails, call to the office. We would love to hear your testimonies and we would love to see you back next week, same time, same place. And remember, we love you. Have a blessed week.